it's going to be burby for a second and then we're going to pop on. Yep. Looks good. I love this pop-up. Avoid legal snags by telling people they're being recorded. <laughs> what? Wow. <laughs> but I thought that having the little icon in the upper left-hand corner saying this person's recording, it, it was good enough. You would think so, but I'm sure someone's gotten in trouble. Interesting. Yeah. You, you sure. recorded me. I was in witness protection. <laughs> Hey, can you verify that you hear this? Mm-hmm. Sweet. Okay. Hey, can you hear this? A lot. Hell yeah. That's perfect. Both mics are working. What's your blue band thing on yours? Dude, it's a rubber band, and this is <clears throat> this is what I was using to uh, strap my phone to the mic for magic. Oh, okay. I've just gotten too lazy to do it now, so I'll just do the regular webcam and tilt it down and be like, here's my cards. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to go through the trouble of signing in twice. It really irritates me that there's an echo and I can't figure out why. Um, and yet oh, anybody okay. that's listening, everything's muted and turned off and it's fine. It's just the camera, but there's still an echo. So shut up. <laughs> I can't figure it out. And I'm, you know, I'm not an idiot. I'm not a genius, but I'm not an idiot. And like, I, it just doesn't work out well. And I'm like, you know what? not worth it i'm just gonna log in and do one of these just tilt it down yeah it's playing uh magic or any game remote over webcam is tough uh did you hear uh joe rogan talk shit about magic on his podcast i did i listened to that whole episode today so funny it cracked me up because the like out out of the gate with the episode that came out it was today the 16th that's when we're recording um with Jocko Willink, and that guy's amazing, by the way. I like both those guys, but he is right very cool. Out of the gate, they start talking about how Magic the Gathering is now considered racist. And Jocko's like, if you don't know, if you're listening to this and you don't know who Jocko Willink is, he's a former Navy SEAL, and probably by looking at him, one of the most intimidating dudes you'll ever look at in your life. Even just hearing him, I'm like, this guy's this guy's big, I bet. Just hearing him. Just hearing his voice. It's like, yeah, I'm a Navy SEAL. And uh, <laughs> oh my God, like, where is your voice coming from? Mine comes from like the top of my throat. Yeah. Comes from your ass. Like, I don't understand how this happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he's like, I don't know what magic is. And he's like, oh, it's, you know, it's a card game with enchantments and shit. Like the nerds play. <laughs> that was like, just the game like, for nerds. <laughs> like, Joe, I thought you and me would be cool, but. Maybe not. <laughs> I know. I felt like he looked at the camera at me when he said that. <laughs> Direct shots. That's all right. But I, and we talked about this a little earlier on Marco Polo, like uh, n not having a firm understanding of the game, that stuff would for sure come off as racist like yeah there there are some that like are very blatantly racist like people who are pros and people who are not pros are like get that shit out of here yeah like the little card that definitely has kkk members on it so i see i didn't i didn't see them as kkk members but then again like what they were wearing cone hoods they they had hoods on but it was like i just everything in that game is so 
like wizardly and like fantasy style. The, so it's like, that's just like shit. a crazy wizard. Like I don't, mm. I didn't see KKK in it. And then you mentioned it and I was like, okay, it's like a pointy hood. Like I could see that for sure. But it was just like, I didn't see that at first. Um, whatever that crusade card was, it was like white cards get plus one, plus one. And it had like the crusaders on it. Right. And you, and you're right. Some of those cards, I think, without any context at all, you're just immediately like, what is this racist shit? Yeah, what is this bullshit? But <clears throat> a lot of white cards are, like, soldier-based. So, like, right. having an ancient knight soldier that and looks like, like a crusader, like, isn't out of the norm for, like, a super nerdy game. And the fact that it just uh, it's based in white. It, it says white, but it's supposed to be plain. So it's, like, there's stuff that looking on from the outside is like this is very racist but if you understand the mechanics of the game it's like no it's not it's not racist <laughs> yeah it's a uh, like we're getting in deep here but like the mechanics of the game revolve around five colors and like the colors are represented by a land so like there's a black swamp there's a white plains there's a blue island there's a red mountain and then there's a green forest so like you're referencing the lands when you say the color. So like I'm gonna I'm gonna use a green card to do this thing. You mean you're gonna use a forest card to do this thing. Um, exactly. so if you look at it with zero magic knowledge and the card says uh, destroy all black creatures, you're like, What? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so bad. And it like, does. No. Like Black creatures just means anything that you need black to to pay for, that you have to pay for with a swamp, and it could be like a vampire or a zombie or anything, you know, like a ghost. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Actually, do they have ghost cards? A ton. Can I make a ghost deck? Yeah, I'm certain. Ooh, man, that sounds rad. That would be a much easier win for me to help you build... A ghost deck, I think, would be very easy. That that sounds really cool, actually. They're awesome, because, like, we're getting in deep. But, like, <laughs> they can't be blocked, and they're hard to kill, and they have, like, wacky, like, sneaky mechanics, if that makes sense. Like, that sounds like, right up my alley. If you would imagine, alley. like, how a ghost would interact with people. Um, it's pretty interesting. Uh, hey, man, what are we? Hey, so this is Alex. This is Sterling. And this is the Alex and Sterling Watch Stuff podcast. Did we this, sound like Jocko when we did that? I, neither of us did. <laughs> um, I tried. I think we have about 20 years of battle hardening to go through before we sound <laughs> like that. After my second deployment, maybe. Maybe you'll sound a little bit like it. Um... <laughs> You're gonna so after your second deployment, you're gonna sound like Chris Pratt in Infinity War or whenever they found Thor in space. Yeah, yeah. Like, and he's making he's trying to be Thor in front of Thor. Oh. <laughs> this is my ship. That's how you can sound after your second deployment, and then you know it'll get better from there. So it's still a stretch. Still. Real. A stretch. <laughs> But anyways, this is the show where we watch uh, movies and TV shows, and then we have drinks together and discuss those things that we watched. Um, 
Do you have anything else to add? Uh, no theme. We do a lot of themes, and there was no theme this week. It was just uh, we're still sort of shelter in place. What are we? What are we binging? What are we watching? Yeah. Like what are we what are we spending our time on? And so this is kind of a free for all episode where we just have stuff that we watched without any prompting relatively and want to talk about it. I I like this because I have no idea what you are about to talk about, and you definitely don't have any idea what I'm about to talk about. You're right. I don't know what you're going to talk about, and if you guessed what I was going to talk about, I would be amazed. Because it's it was recommended to me earlier in the week. And it was like, oh, you've never seen this? Oh, you have to watch this. Like, it's, you gotta watch it. Let's see. Let's let's see. Was it a show or movie? It was a movie. It was a movie. Uh, was it on Netflix? Nope. Amazon. I had to rent it on Amazon. <clears throat> Fuck. Genre. Uh... Con fuck nope my knowledge of con movies is just the ocean movies and that's it boom what'd you watch i watched a movie called the sting oh i've definitely heard of that you've for sure heard of it because it's a super classic movie what i didn't realize is that i i imagined it was a movie from the 90s uh it's from 1973 whoa and as soon as i found it i was like 73 holy shit like that's not what i was expecting but you know i've heard a lot about it so why not throw it on um looking quickly at pictures it looks like it it looks like it's filmed in the 70s but it looks like it takes place at a different time it takes place in the 30s oh wow no one ever talks about the 30s nobody ever does you're right i was looking at it and i was like dang when is this the 20s and then 30 i think it was like 1934 or 1936 flashed on the screen and i was like oh of course <laughs> it's, it's weird we don't talk about the 30s because the world entered world war ii in the 30s but the u.s entered world war ii in the 40s so or i guess uh, 1939 so like we kind of glossed over the 30s a little bit but in the 20s were like the fucking roaring 20s you know it's like a it was like a reverse sandwich like the meat was on the outside of those decades the 20s and the 40s and then the 30s were like the bread in the middle it's like the middle of your big mac right yes who's thought of that little sponge bread between those useless ass patties right which i mean i wouldn't refuse if someone threw at me tomorrow I kind of missed fast food. Like I don't, I don't want to go. If I go out to eat, all fast food is open, I think, and I'm not going to go get it, it because there are mom and pop shops that are str- struggling, and these big fucking huge chains like Burger King, McDonald's, Wendy's, they're not going to struggle. They're not going to go under. Yeah, they're fine, probably. I mean, interestingly enough, a lot of those are franchises, so individually they may be struggling, and they are owned by you know, just regular people that buy the rights for literally everything about the business from McDonald's corporate. Yeah. But yeah. like an individual location might be a little screwed. Um, I don't know how screwed, but you know, I'm under the impression that like these fran- these corporate uh businesses, they like McDonald's, 
if there's a McDonald's franchise, they want to keep getting that money. So, like, if they're struggling in April from the closures or March or whatever, they're going to be like, let's let's send you uh, two thousand or two hundred thousand bucks to stay afloat. Yeah, something uh, like that. But like, I don't think they're struggling because like they were fucking built for this. Like, uh, drive-throughs. Oh my god, it's exactly. Perfect. What cracks me up about this whole, uh, I guess quarantine, but it's not not quarantine. It's like the the illness prevention measures by stores you have to walk into. Uh, I go to the grocery store, and when you if you do the self checkout or even if you go through a line, it is now like your responsibility to to do your card and punch your numbers. And it's been this way long before COVID. Like they have yeah. those Verifone little things. Yeah. You slip your card in and then you punch your numbers and you do whatever and that's it. And now they've just put little sheets of plastic over that thing. But everybody's still touching it. Yeah. <laughs> if, like if you switched it out for every customer, that's one thing. But if your concern is, well, we don't want people getting sick from touching this thing, so we're just going to put plastic over that, and now everybody's just going to touch this plastic. It it's just think for one second about. I know. You'll come to the conclusion that it's so stupid. It's funny because it's like the government or whatever FDA was like, hey, all of you need to. Maybe it was like the CDC. All of you need to do protective measures. All of you have to do it. But like, it's like they didn't say what. So as long as you're showing you're doing something, it they fly. Like you're in the clear. Yeah. So like, fucking plastic over <laughs> over the numbers seems to be so okay. So funny, dude. It works because the germs uh they slip off. They can't hang on to the plastic. Yeah. We've used this special plastic that's slippery. We've covered it in olive oil so that the germs can't stick. <laughs> uh, my brother, who works at Rayleigh's, says that at once an hour every hour, they wipe, someone walks through the stations and wipes down everything, which seems cool. But it seems cool until you I, realize how many people per hour go through that shit. Oh, if you're not the person immediately after a cleaning, then you... you I mean, if someone has something, you're getting it. Yeah. Hey, we we should cheers probably because we're super noobs. Cheers, bro. Whoa. Yours was like a movie sound effect. That's that metal bottle. Um. Yeah, man. It's this whole thing. It, it just like people don't know what to do with it, and it's. It's kind of funny and horrifying at the same time. Yep. Um, I mean, silver lining, we get to binge watch a ton of shit. Yeah. So that was a great segue because we're we're ambling. Um, <laughs> do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? What's going on? Uh, I, I uh, just like always, I don't remember who went first last time. Um, I went first last time because then we talked about your movie, which was Pirates. Oh, and that was intentional because we thought we'd have more to talk about with Pirates. Got it. Correct. I'm with you. Okay, so mine 
Uh, it's called Love Life. Have you heard of that? Nope. <laughs> Not a movie I'd watch, or a show that I'd watch. I watched the whole season already. Um, it's starring Anna Kendrick, whom I love very much. I love She's Anna Kendrick. Awesome. Uh, and it was on HBO Max, and uh, people are speaking very highly of it, and I was interested to see like something uh, HBO Max had to offer. Um, I listened to another podcast about it, and they described HBO Max really, really well. They said it's like HBO Max has an identity crisis, because, and that was the fucking perfect way to describe it, dude. If you go in there, it has, at face value, you're like, damn, the, these are, this is an insane, amazing collection. There's like uh, HBO movies, there's like DC shit, Cartoon Network shit, um, all these random ass franchises. And you're like, this is crazy. They have all the Harry Potters. Um, mind blowing that they have all this stuff. But then you like dig a little deeper, not not very deep, just a little deep, and you find out you click on each of these categories and find out they only have like three to five shows each under each of these categories. So it's like they they cast a really, really wide net and then didn't focus on anything. So that <clears throat> that kind of makes sense to me a little bit. You mentioned the two things that caught my my ear were Harry Potter and DC, both of which are Warner Brothers. Yep. So the weird thing is that they don't have all of those things. So my guess is that they're having somewhat of an identity crisis. You're right. And throwing a lot of things to the wall and figuring out like, okay, what's going to get some traction? And then they're going to dive deep on those things after like a month. Or yeah. Like two months or whatever. They're going to see like, okay, what what's getting the most views? Okay, buy all of those. All right, everybody's watching Harry Potter 1, 3, and 8 or whatever, however many there are. Seven. And, uh, okay, license the rest of those. Oh, nobody's watching Cartoon Network? Okay, we'll, we'll strip that down. We don't care about that. And then just start to filter down based on what's getting views. Yeah, I think you're right. It's a good way to get subscribers. Um, I think they would have been better off doing a, like, a Disney Plus sort of deal where they, like, they feature something big that everybody wants to watch uh, when they release the platform. So they did this with Apple TV with the... Uh, fucking newsroom or whatever that was it's i only watched this yeah i know what you're talking about i don't know what it's called i think it's newsroom i gotta look this up but it was amazing it was so good like one of the best things we've watched um but so they got us to watch it and like want to keep it because now we want to watch this show um and like i so i thought that this was supposed to be that um, it was really, really good. Love Life was super good, but it wasn't like it wasn't like watching The Mandalorian, you know. It, yeah. It, it wasn't like watching uh, Stranger Things. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe that speaks more to me and my my biases because like I'm more interested in like uh, fiction shit. Um, but that being said, like I I felt that way watching the newsroom show. Like, that show was fucking great, and I want to watch that every season. Is it just a news show, or... 
No. Um, oh, is that the one with the guy from Dumb and Dumber? No, I damn, I really got to do the show justice. What is that? I think the newsroom is that show. Oh my god, what is that guy's name? Jeff something. And at the time, it was based on like really what was happening in the news, but it was about the the newsroom like doing that stuff, but it would do like news stories that were relevant as the season was coming out. Shoot. What is that guy's name? I can't remember. Keep keep talking. I'm trying to find this thing. <laughs> trying to think. The guy from Dumb and Dumber. What's his name? Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. Yeah. So I think that's the newsroom, and McCoy loves that show. Oh, you're right. This has got to be like Good Morning something. Oh, The Morning Show. That's it. The Morning Show. Damn, it was good. Um, Basically, it was like deviating super hard here but you remember like the peak of the me too movement when like a bunch of news anchors were getting pulled off the air because they found out that they were being super gross and like i mean molesting or raping women or like pushing a button and locking women in their room so they would have to be in there with them or whatever like sick Uh, shit like that yeah so it's it's like this leading show just like uh what's the other big one whatever whatever it's called uh but basically like this happens to like the son of america this guy that's super famous and it's how they address it and it gets really fucking political like the the main female anchor jennifer aniston is like i've i'm what all you have now so i'm calling calling the shots like i represent the the lifeblood and the integrity of this show and you have no power over me so she starts doing things that everybody is totally against and it's fucking crazy and she pulls reese witherspoon on to be her co-anchor when it was not approved and oh, uh, hell yeah and it oh my god it was so fucking good it was crazy um i'll talk about that one day but uh so i thought <laughs> so love life so i thought love life was gonna be that it's pretty good not not fucking mind-blowing i really really liked it though i will continue to watch it but what it's like what it's about is about anna kendrick it the whole whole season goes from her like first adult serious relationship uh to her her last or it's like her stepping stones all the way up until she gets the person who she'll have her rest of her life relationship i guess it doesn't show her like getting married and being together with this person forever it doesn't like end but it starts their relationship at the end you know what i mean so it's very open-ended yeah yeah it's uh, good i actually think we need stuff that's open-ended sometimes because that really keeps the discussion going yeah and it's like it just allows for kind of more creativity in our own minds where it's not like that was a nice tidy little bow on to the next it's right like, you know, you watch it, and then it just kind of ends ambiguously, and you're like, oh, man, like, that was good. It, yeah, they, uh, I normally hate, like, open-endedness or ambiguity, but this yeah, this was too. totally different because it, like, left room. It gave me all the answers I wanted, and but it left room for what else could happen. And it, the show was narrated, which was really interesting, by um, some woman. So it felt like you were watching, like, a movie each episode. 
Um, and each episode is uh, a name of a dude that she has a relationship with. So, like, the first one is Augie. The second one is Bradley. The third one is Danny Two Phones. The second one is Magnus Lund. Uh, the next Magnus one is... Magnus Lund? Yeah. And then it goes to Luke DeCharme, which is interesting because that was, like, a flashback episode. It was uh, on her journey of, like, she's... Every relationship, she's learning what is bad about herself and what it, she doesn't like in others. So she's fine-tuning, like, how she dates and how she... Um, I guess how she wants to experience the dating world and she's trying to hone in on who she really wants. And uh, so she goes to therapy at the end of the Magnus Lund episode because shit's getting real. And then it dives into Luke DeCharme, which is like her high school crush. And then we dive back into Magnus Lund part two. Um, and then it breaks into like a couple friends and then her mom, like episodes revolving around them. And it shows like, how they affect her life and how they've made her dating life different. Like her, her, she honestly didn't feel wanted when she was a kid because her parents were leading crazy lives and they were divorced and they would constantly ship her back and forth between States. And she was like, I'm going to see if they want me. I'm going to sign up for this boarding school on my own and go. And she did. And no one fucking said anything like she, she just went um she was like mom dad you sign off on this and they're like yeah yeah whatever and she went um so like shit like that shows like how it, it like influenced her relationships now so like she has a very hard time um leaving people because she has like these feelings of like she's very i guess self-conscious and like what's what's the word she needs um affection dependent dependent that's a word yep um and then uh yeah so like in each relationship is really uh complicated and interesting and like what's cool is like at the beginning of each episode we're we're always doing like a guessing game we're like oh is this guy going to turn out to be fucking crazy it, what's going to be his thing is he going to be uh you know annoying a cheater are they just going to like fight all the time is he going to disappear like what's going to happen or is it going to be her? Like, is she going to fucking suck? Um, and it was like a very real life approach to a bunch of different relationships. And it shows her like growing in the process. Like every episode is like, depending on, depending on the relationship, it's like a year or two. So like her first one is like eight months. Then it goes to her next one. It's like two years. So the show kicks off, I think in like 2013 or 14. So it's interesting because she's like our age. Like, exactly our age. Like, she gets out of college in 2013 and then is seriously dating after that and growing yeah. her career. Um, so it's cool to see all these things, like, progressing. Um, and then, like, in the very first episode, they throw this fucking crazy wrench in right away. And they do a lot of flash-forwards and flashbacks. And they do a, a hard flash-forward in the first episode. And they show her, like, walking with a pregnant belly. And you're like, what the fuck? Um, so you're like, is she going to get like knocked up by one of the dudes she doesn't want a relationship with? Um, and you're trying to, or is this like when she kind of gets her happily ever after? Um, and my favorite part of the show is like how goddamn funny it is. Like she'll, 
like it, it, there's always a rotating character that's super funny. It'll sometimes be her. It'll sometimes be one of her friends that like hangs out and is like maybe too assertive in their relationship. Or it'll be like the dude she dates. Like the the first guy, my favorite, uh, this dude named Augie. He's so fucking funny. Um, and uh, he's like hell of sarcastic. And my, my favorite line at the end was he visits her when she has the baby. And uh, he's like, maybe maybe the baby can spend the night at my house a couple couple nights a month. And she's like, uh, yeah, but no strippers. And he's like, okay, well, except Destiny. She's great with kids. <laughs> fucking killed me and he says shit like that all the time uh so it was like a in each episode which i've i'm growing to really like was only 30 minutes uh yeah that makes them so packed full of good shit especially if they have to be done like that episode wraps up that chapter and then the next episode has to be about something different it's not like a continue it's a continuation but it's different um i really like that it's got to be punchy not a lot of bullshit like boom here's the stuff here's the meat here's what's up that's cool and each episode no hbo max thanks dom oh yeah yeah, yeah. sorry about that um yeah so like that was to me the best show best new content they had to offer uh they don't i maybe they're just gonna be like netflix and not come out with their cool crazy thing for a couple of years um but it was really good is it a reason to spend what you want on hbo max i don't think so um if you like everything else it's sweet like they have dexter's lab and samurai jack on there and shit which is my reason to buy it um but it's the i think it's the most expensive streaming service how much is it it's like 15 or 16 bucks a month if you get it i will take your password so that i can watch samurai jack Dom has it, but you didn't hear it from me. Nope. But but in our group, trades are trades, so I pay for his Spotify, so that's what we do. Ooh, I literally contribute nothing, so let's Dude, keep that quiet. My brother was like, hey, I'll, I'll uh, get you guys, I'll get Apple TV, and we could all watch it. And I was like, fuck yeah, he's finally contributing. We find out that Apple TV is $3 a month. What? <laughs> yeah. Fucking, he he got the uh, the better end of the stick there. Wow, got to negotiate a little bit better than that. I know, um, but uh, yeah, it was a cool show, and like each episode was super different and like really funny, punchy. We really liked it, and uh, it was one of those shows that came out. A new one came out every week, and we watched the first three uh, immediately, and we're like, damn, this show's hella good. And then we dropped off for like a month maybe a little over and then we came back and danger dude of releasing them like that is like yeah it's it's the good and bad like mandalorian did that and they had an epic following for like two months um mandalorian was different like i watched it each week the second it came out i was all about it this was like eh, give or take you know yeah you can't compare the two then we bitched like Star Wars has, but I mean Anna Kendrick has somewhat of a following, and I say that meaning Fallon loves Anna Kendrick. So oh, sure. you guys should watch it. It's hella funny. So good. I need to get access. Dom. Dom. <laughs>
Um, but yeah, like I, I don't know how I feel. Like I don't know how how you gauge whether or not to release them weekly. It makes me nervous. Uh yeah. I I really wouldn't know what to do. Like, I wouldn't know what to do. I think Mandalorian was a different scenario and they they fucking knew it was going to be good and they knew it was going to be a hit and that every week people would be all over it so they could have released it in any any way shape or form i think but you can't you don't have that luxury with everything so as far as this show was it pretty rom-com-esque and like please did it take place in new york it took place in new york of course okay so there's scenes of her walking down the street and it's like panning from the street like i can i can i can yeah. direct the show i feel there's like. like empire state building shots there's like skyline shots there's uh she's grabbing coffee yeah oh my god yep uh winter time you see all the skaters all the ice skaters and she's got like a little detective coat on because it's new yep. york yep um there was right this shit there was one super fucking funny episode where uh, she's with this guy and they, it's Christmas time and they get a Christmas tree and a bunch of people don't have cars in New York. And uh, they were trying to get an Uber or a cab that would put their tree in the car and go with them to their place. And they the car would pull up and they'd see the tree and they'd be like, fuck no. And they'd take <laughs> off. <laughs> and uh, they were like okay, you hide behind there. So she would call the cab, it'd come up, and he'd start sprinting forward with the tree in his arms, and they'd take off. <laughs> so funny. Dude, did I tell you that this past Christmas, when we got our tree, we just walked it back to the house? Really? Yeah, like, there was a Christmas tree farm, like, across the way in the park, and instead of driving over there and getting it, we just walked over with a little pulley cart and we picked one out that we wanted and then we just put it on the cart and rolled it back to our house so we were like crossing this major intersection with a christmas tree just <laughs> rolling it by and we had cocktails in our hands so we're just like fuck it <laughs> let's do it <laughs> that's awesome that's the play it was legit and the kid dude so we didn't want a beautiful christmas tree we told the kid flat out he's like hey how can i help you and like they're all volunteers right and they're all like high school or college students right kid comes up anxious to make a tip he's like hey how can i help you and we look at him square in the eyes we're like hey uh where's the ugliest tree you have (laughs) and he like didn't know what to do he was like uh what and we're like yeah like the tree that nobody wants that you've hidden in the back somewhere where is that tree like we want it and he's like (laughs) are you serious? Like, yes, we want an ugly tree. And he's like, okay, come check this one out. And he like took us right to a tree. No way. (laughs) It was like, he wasn't sure if we were legit. Like, oh, we don't have any ugly trees here, mister. We got all the best trees. And then he was like, uh, okay, I feel you. Like, come here. And our tree was all crooked and messed up. Yes. Did you like slip him a dollar? And he's like, come with me. (laughs) <laughs> I wish I would have like handshaked him with like a five in my hand. Like, Take me to your ugliest tree. Let's go to the back. <laughs> oh my god, that's yeah, gold. It was, um, it was pretty funny. 
so I think that's all that I got for mine. Uh, Before we move on from yours, like, did Katie find this and want to watch it? Like, how did how did you come upon this show? Oh, like, okay, we'll watch this thing completely, completely naturally. Like we were trying to find out what HBO Max had to offer and we were just browsing through. And after we like found out that the the subsections are like kind of lackluster we're like dang so what do we what do we watch together like there are a bunch of things that i could watch on my own she could watch on her own but watch together very very small supply on any streaming service right did she did you guys like pan over it and a little picture came up and then she just looked at you like hmm she i was like this plot no and but i love Anna Kendrick enough and I was like is this going to be like a stupid rom-com like what's what's going to happen um but they were so short and punchy and fucking really interesting have you watched the pitch perfect movies yes those so are funny. so funny dude I love those amazing <laughs> fucking hilarious I used to work with a guy who I can only describe as like James Dean. Like he was a <laughs> good looking dude. High compliment. Like, yeah, man, he was a cool dude. I liked him a lot, but he was just like kind of reserved, stylish, went outside to smoke every four seconds. Really? <laughs> and we were in the office one time and like compared to a guy like that, I'm a freaking nerd. Like I'm, I'm a super nerd anyways, but like put me next to that guy and it's like, okay, get out of here. <laughs> so I'm in the office one day and I'm like, I don't know what, what what was going on, but I called across the office. I was like, because it's like a reference to Pitch Perfect. Yeah. And, he looks at me and he's like, you like Pitch Perfect? And I was like, <laughs> what? Dude. Wow. Uh, me and him grew grew somewhat close. He's a, he's a cool guy. We had our he's a huge fan of Rick and Morty. So oh, there you go. Does he still live or still work there? Thank God, no. At least I don't think so. Good. Nice. Uh, yeah, crazy shit. That's good to hear. Um, any any questions? Any more questions? No, I think that's it. I just wanted you to thoroughly go through your your thing. It's uh, it's. I'm looking at these episodes and I'm realizing like how wildly different they are. How many episodes like, are there? I think 10. Uh, and actually this is probably maybe a silly question, but potentially a good question. Are they all directed by different people? I feel like that has a huge effect on the way the episode feels. It does. Um, and on that note, I recommend watching uh, the making of the Mandalorian. That was pretty cool. Ooh, I haven't watched that yet. It's uh, they had a bunch of different like all-star directors and writers. Director Sam Boyd. You know, I think I remember seeing. The, I think one guy actually directed the whole thing. Oh no, I take it back. A bunch of different directors. Yeah, like, that's the way to do it when you want it to feel different. Yeah, and uh, I think it makes sense. Like for different scenarios, like I have experience uh filming shows or movies where a character gets fucking angry and crazy and like you know violent 
So that's one. And then so like they are better at doing that shit than someone else. Then someone else is like, oh, I'm I'm good for a really heartbreaking one. You know? Yeah. Um, But uh, it's interesting. I'm like flying through it. I'm like, oh, that guy's sick. That oh, that one's sad. Oh, that guy's such a fucking prick. Oh, she was a dick in this one. Uh, Yeah, I have like a fond memory of each. That's awesome. That's good. Um, yeah, dude, I, I'm, I'm very pro 30 minute shows now. Like, I feel like that's a, like a lost art or something. It kind of is. And I, like my initial opinion of it is that it's like reserved for like cheesy, less quality shows, but that's not true. yeah, Yeah. It, you know, it's, you're right. It's kind of an art form. Like, how do I tell? the story that I want to tell in 30 minutes, like trim the fat, leave a lot of the humor, or if it's serious, like leave a lot of the, the dense, you know, serious slash sad material. And like, how do we tell this thing? And actually, I, unfortunately I know from experience a little bit where like you may be working on something really hard and you, you know, maybe find it hard to stretch to 30 minutes or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. Here's all the meat that I wanted, and it's only 15 minutes. Like, oh shit! Like, how do I how do I extend this thing? So like, I could see both sides of it, but for sure, when you have the visual component, there's a lot of things that you can add to tell the story that might not be relevant that you can use to get to 60 minutes or two hours or whatever. Where it's like, okay, we can cut cut that out. 30 minutes. Exactly. Um, and there were, uh, they, I think the way they do that is they do like part twos, but it's cool. Cause it's not like they, they don't do their, their part twos back to back. They'll do, they did a part one of someone in the first episode and then like their part two towards the end. Yeah. And then, but that's kind of oh, like real life, you know, especially yeah. when you're talking about like romance stuff, it's like, you know, me and this person didn't work out before we go our separate ways for a few years. Oh, maybe we reconnected. Maybe this is part two. That is legitimately it. That's exactly it. Coffee's Christmas time in New York. You could. Um, it was cool, man. It was it was funny. I, I recommend it. Nice. Don't get, don't get HBO Max for that. Get it for Samurai Jack. But you know, just my humble opinion. I like that. Um, so is it my turn? Am I am I ready yeah. to go? Let's take a hard pivot. Okay, hard pivot to my movie. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the episode. I watched The Sting, 1973, with Robert Redford. Um, I had heard a lot about this movie. Not a lot about it, but just, like, I'd heard the name referenced to me forever. Like, it's definitely a classic movie. Yeah. Um, in that it's, like, a staple for its genre. And... Just a great movie overall. Um, I'm really amazed I had never seen it and never really seen anything from it. Um, I like, like I, that you're, you're definitely not adverse to watching movies, older movies. I really appreciate older movies. I'd seen a lot of them when I was young, and I like them a lot because it's like a lot of them are like original stories um right yeah you know or like the first time it was on the screen 
like that to me is very impressive because it's you know like there are remakes and remakes of remakes of certain movies that were really popular and people thought they could make money off of it and it's like well how is this story told the first time like that means and to me also it's a little special that that story is so old and that maybe some people like don't know how old it is a perfect example is like when i was young uh you know like tarzan came out the disney cartoon yeah dude i love tarzan tarzan's amazing and it's like dude tarzan was written in like the 40s right yeah author wrote those books about tarzan and then they've been making tarzan movies ever since and then you know we got to the whatever rendition it was that grabbed kids our age and that's kind of our tarzan but tarzan's way older than that you know same with king kong or godzilla or you know any number of characters it's like the the one that we have that we hold on to is probably not the first and there is somewhere in history the original time that thing was on the screen and it's like you know you want to watch that and see how it's transformed how how was it portrayed originally to the audience um so i really appreciate stuff like that um as well as like just old old style storytelling um there's a lot of old movies and shows that i watch and i'm like this is trash um don't tell tell my grandma that um but there's a lot of stuff that i watch and i'm like i dig this like they still have a bit of humor in there that is you know kind of racy for the time and especially like a little bit now and it's like you know it's a little weird uh did this do you think this one aged well yes and no um, there were parts of it that I was like, okay, you got to change that. You got to stop that. Um, oh shit. The way the movie was laid out was interesting. So it's, um, it's about two hours long and it's split up into like legitimate chapters where it will literally like stop the movie for a second. And like there, there's, there'll be a title screen that looks like the page of a book and it'll say like the setup and oh. then the page will flip and we'll be into a scene that's cool and then it'll play a bit and then it'll be another title screen and it'll say like you know the whatever and then it would you know like look like a page of a book and then it'll flip and then you're in the next part um i like that I really liked that bit the music was not great really it why was a little, it was a little weird it was like um uh i i don't know how to describe it like uh i don't know what instrument it is like like the like a xylophone almost like oh ding 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 ding, ding, ding. like <laughs> and just like like what are you doing like you if it was made today way better music would be used but i honestly think a, a shot for shot remake would be really good um oh nice one thing that hit me a little bit was that they definitely use the n-word sometimes what really um it was it was a little weird but it wasn't like it was it was really cool because the 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 context in which they use it is like they use in the beginning and basically what kind of the foundation of the whole movie um 
I guess I'll, I'll tell the story and kind of get into it. So like the movie is about a, a con, right? So there's this con mm-hmm. artist, Robert Redford, and the movie kind of opens up with um, them pulling like a really small job on this dude on the street. So this guy's walking out of like an establishment and this black guy starts running down an alley. And, and mind you, this takes place in like the mid thirties. Uh, so he's running down an alley and he's like, stop, stop. That guy's got my wallet. And there's like, you know, some guy running out of the alley and the black guy running after him. And he's like, stop. That guy's got my wallet. So the guy like walking the Mark walking out of the establishment looks at the black guy and sees him screaming that someone stole his wallet, looks at the guy that stole the wallet and just is kind of observing. And then Robert Redford comes along and like throws his suitcase at the guy running away. The guy trips, <laughs> drops the wallet, takes off. Robert Redford grabs the wallet, goes up to the black guy who's injured, who's like got like a cut on his leg. Oh, damn. And he's like, that guy, oh my God, thank you so much for getting my wallet. Like that guy, you know, stop me. I'm super late now. I need you to deliver this money because uh, it's like a protection racket that he's like worried about not paying for. Oh, like, have to drop this money here or I'm in deep shit. Like, please drop this over here. And Robert Redford is like, uh, I don't think so, bro. Like, um, as much as I want to help you, like, I'm this feels like, you know, kind of iffy. I'm not down to yeah. myself into trouble. Like, this is dangerous. And the guy that was observing is like, I'll do it for you. And Robert Redford is like, uh, you're going to trust that guy that didn't do shit when you were yelling for help. And he's like, hey, I'm trustworthy. I got this. And so you know, he basically <laughs> tells him, he's like, look, dude, if you're going to carry the money, carry it in your pants. Like, don't don't put it in your jacket like you're going to get robbed. And he's like, yeah, OK. So they like wrap it in a handkerchief and he puts it in his pants and then he takes off in a cab. And he deliberately goes the opposite way that he's supposed to. And he's like, dude, I just ripped this guy off. And meanwhile, we go back to the alley where Robert Redford and this black guy are. And they're like, do you think we got him? Yeah, I think we got him. The leg wound was fake. They were together to con this dude. And the guy, we see him in a second rolling up in this cab and he pulls out the money that he thinks he got and it's a bunch of napkins. (laughs) Oh my God. And they're like, hell yeah, dude. And they go to look at the score they got because he put it with his own wallet in his pants. So he, the wallet that he thinks he got from this guy he puts it with his wallet in his pants, but they had switched them out really slyly. And it was like $11,000. And $11,000 in 1935 or whatever has a lot of money. Yeah. So they're like, oh my God, this is great. But what they didn't know is that that was like a run for a super mob boss. So... Oh no. There's some retaliation and the black guy gets killed always which like him and robert redford were like bros and like he had no. taught robert redford like everything he knows um the robert redford's character's name in this movie is johnny hooker so he'd like taught hooker everything he knows and they had this bond and all of a sudden he's dead so he's like i'm gonna get the guy that did this for sure Oh, ooh, that's why you like it. It's kind of a revenge movie. Well, it was, yeah, it was definitely a revenge movie, but I didn't know 
any of this going in. I was just told, like, this movie, you got to watch it. So the movie is about coming up with a con to get the guy that is responsible for killing his friend and mentor. So they... Wow. It's so good, dude. He goes back to, like, meet with some people that were friends of his friend that was killed. And basically devise this genius plan they're like we gotta hire like 20 people we gotta rent out this building um we gotta come up with this whole scheme to to get this guy's money and it's so funny dude like it's so good (laughs) the way they the way they make it work they like make robert redford like this other guy's like little bitch boy and (laughs) the first part of the con is to make him lose at cheating in poker so they're like on a train and they're like okay we know this guy's gonna be taking this train and we know there is an exclusive poker game so we're gonna get you in there we're gonna make you seem super drunk and then you're gonna take this guy for everything he's worth oh yes and like they show certain scenes the stuff i love about these movies uh like any con movie or any like heist movie or whatever is like the tricks behind the thing so they're like showing him prep for it and he's like shuffling cards and he'll like pull the ace off the top every time so he like pulls the ace shows the ace of spades does a bunch of shuffles pulls the ace of spades off the top does a bunch of (laughs) shuffles and like all this crazy shit pulls the ace of spades off the top and it's like okay you you are a master so he goes into this back room poker pretending to be all hammered and takes all these rich dudes money so then there's like a break in the game and the mobster they're working on goes to his flunkies and he's like get me a loaded deck full of nines and you know he's like okay fine whatever so he's like guy gives him the deck and he switches the deck and does all this stuff and it looks to be working like he has three nines and uh right off the draw and the other guy you know draws three threes and it looks all good, and it's like, oh, hell yeah. Like, this is, you know, the guy's got three threes, and then we see the other guy's got the nines. And then they do their, like, trade-in cards. Like, you know, I'll take two, I'll take three. And they show he's got four threes, and the other guy's got four nines. And it's like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. <laughs> and then they go to lay their cards down, and instead of threes, he lays down four jacks. And it's like, wow, he is a master cheater, hell yeah dude like (laughs) he gets this mob boss all pissed off so then you know he basically he sends robert redford in as his like servant to go get the rest of the money that this mob boss owes him and robert redford betrays his boss he's like look i don't want to help him you know like I, i understand you're mad but i'm looking to take over his business so i'm sure there's a way we can work together therefore like implanting himself in the operation. Whoa. Like it's so good. And that's like not even halfway into the movie. So really? The sound like the end. Oh nah, dude. It's it gets way deeper. They basically devise a genius horse racing scam. And they draw <laughs> him in like a sucker where they're like, hey, I'm gonna feed you the horses that are gonna win and the races they're gonna win. And you're just going to walk over to this place, place your bet, and make your money. And they do this to him a couple times to show him that's legit. 
Yeah, and they set him up super nicely. He gets a nice fat bet of five hundred thousand dollars in nineteen thirty-six, uh. like so much money. And then they screw him over and uh, get the police to come in and bust everything. And there's a lot of stuff in between here that I'm glancing over, but it's like, a, they get the police to come, and then it turns out that they're not even real cops. <laughs> <laughs> dude it was really good wait how the hell did they f- do the horse race how did they do that so the way they explained it and i'm not actually sure how they do it basically they rented out a space and made it seem like a casino but everybody in there was a plant except for the the mark and they would get the horse details from a, a real live race about a minute or two before they actually came out. Oh, so they're not at the track. They're watching it. They're watching it from like some establishment in New York. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's over the radio. So like, you know, they, the guy would be waiting in a diner. He would get a call on the payphone that said, you know, uh, horse seven to win in the fourth race. Boom. Click. He would walk over to the establishment, place the bet, make the money. But they would have the, like, they'd be reading off, like, the things they just got, like, moments later. So yeah. it seemed on time, but it wasn't yeah. actually on time. Wow. And there was a scene where they actually had That's to start. Better. So he's sitting there, and he's, like, reading, and he's about to read the stuff. And they're like, not yet, not yet. And he's like, and uh, other stuff is going on. Yeah, horses and things. And, blah, blah, blah. and then they're like, okay, now read it. And he's like, and this guy wins the third. And blah, blah. it was, dude, it was just, like, these moments of supreme planning and execution, which I love. It, oh, yeah, that's the best. Revenge, but when an immense plan comes together... It's so satisfying. So good. So cool. Love that. Yeah. Definitely worth watching. It's an older movie, and it feels that way. Um, but there's even there are scenes where it's like kind of funny. Like the what I mentioned earlier, right? They're prepping for the card game, and the guy's doing all these shuffles, and he pulls the ace, right? Pulls the ace and does all yeah. these shuffles, and he tries to do a cool shuffle, and the cards go everywhere. And you just see Robert Redford's face. He's like, like, really? <laughs> Come on, dude. And uh, just little things like that. Like, the humor is still there. Um, which, I don't know why we think it's not going to be. Like, humor's a new thing in the 20th century or whatever. Like, it's... Good no, point. Good point. Like, some things are funny no matter what. Like, some things might not age well, but some shit is just always funny. Yeah. So, it was it was really good. Really well done. Um, my really only complaint with it is, uh, the music was a little weird. Yeah. You know what? It must be like really weird for something like that to stand out. Yeah. I'll, um, I wonder if I can find like a YouTube clip or something. You probably can. I'm going to make another drink really fast. But yeah, dude, other than other than the music being a little funky, like I thought it was really good. And it makes me I for whatever reason, it makes me really want to watch To Catch a Thief, which is another old movie from like the early 50s, I think. 
Ooh, I wonder what the first like con movie ever was. That is a really good question. Let's see. First con movie ever. Do you have any like issues or qualms with watching like older movies? No, I think um you know, I don't know why like I don't go watch them because if I haven't seen them they're new to me, but like I I'm caught up in the new content. Like what's what's this new thing? What's out now? What what has just been dropped? But there's like an infinite number of golden things I can watch from the past. I think uh but that being said, if like a new thing is available on Netflix or any one of my streaming services to watch, I'll watch that before I watch the the thing I have to pay for. And it seems like the old movies aren't as available. You're definitely right. Um, all the older movies that I've watched on this show, I've had to pay for. Me too. Um, yeah. It's unfortunate. But I think it's kind of that way because it's probably just not worth the licensing or whatever to like yeah it's got to be a fucking huge classic or i've noticed uh sometimes when they do a remake then they'll put on the original because people are down to watch that because people are like oh oh i want to watch both i want to compare exactly the interest is there Yeah. yeah which it's so funny right afterward uh we went to bed and Fal wanted to listen to something before we went to sleep. And I was looking through movies on Amazon and it was like movies we think you might like based on your history or whatever, or because you watched this or whatever the hell. And there was a movie on there called Sabrina um, from 1995 with Harrison Ford. And Ooh. it is 1000% a remake that I did not know existed. Uh, because the original Sabrina is like from the fifties. Whoa! Uh, with really? Audrey Hepburn. What? Yeah, it's an Audrey Hepburn movie. We're basically like, there's these two rich brothers, and uh, their like mechanic, maintenance guy, has a gorgeous daughter, Audrey Hepburn, um, that none of the rich guys notice ever. And then she goes off to cooking school in France and gets all worldly and comes back. And, like, the love of her life, you know, uh, like, the guy she had a crush on forever, one of the rich brothers, starts to notice her uh, when she comes back. And it's, like, this weird, like, funny kind of love story about, like, now that you have boobs, I'm into you kind of thing. But it's, like, <laughs> from the 50s with Audrey Hepburn. It's good. And it's got Humphrey Bogart in it. Into that. Have you watched both? No, I did not know the 95 version existed until last night. I mean, I guess that probably means that one wasn't that good. I mean, the first one was still definitely like a romance movie, so it's not like the kind of thing that we'd be like, how have you not seen Sabrina? Right. Uh, but, <laughs> but it's, you know, I one of those movies I grew up watching, so I kind of, I'm familiar with it. Dude, this might be a... A larger conversation to be had later but what movies it's so hard to think of but what movies have come out now do you think they could do a remake of later like, this, is, this is the perfect conversation for now because 
I have this conversation all the time with myself and my uncle. Um, <laughs> it's so infuriating to me, the idea of a remake. If you're going to remake something, right, there are so many movies that have been made that suck ass, that have a great story that was wow. executed poorly. And you're Good. like, dude, pull that, right? Think of a movie that has a really great idea that just sucked and be like, okay, we're going to remake that, but we're going to make it 100 times better because we know what was wrong with it and we know what to do. But instead, they take really successful movies yeah. and they're like, hey, we're going to remake that because it was really successful. And it's like, no, 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 leave that alone. There are, There is 10 times more shitty content out there that you could make better you know than than take something that was great and make it meh yeah and like if you pick something that's shitty like the only direction is like up from there you know yeah i would i would hate to be the person that like fucked up a remake you know like this movie was a classic you ruined it yeah oh, I hate that dude like everybody shits on the new mummy uh, the new Mummy movie with Tom Cruise. Yeah. Which I thought it was fun, but it's like, if you compare it to the, you know, 1999 Mummy movie with Brendan Fraser, it's like, that movie was gold. It's such you, gold. You, like, you just, you shouldn't have touched it. Yeah. And there are movies that should be, like, classified as untouchables. You know, like, you know better not to fucking remake this. Yeah. Like, I'm, in my opinion, I'm concerned about the Harry Potter movies. Like, in my mind, those are untouchable for a long time. I think you're right. I hope other people feel that way. And it, I feel like it's a big, big, big undertaking. Like, if you decide to remake one, you fucking got to make a bazillion. Yeah, and you've got to do it really, really, really well. God. Another example of that is, like, The Great Escape, right? Yes. The only Great Escape is from the 60s. No one's ever touched that since. And it's like a fucking really famous movie. Yeah. So it's like everyone, I'm sure, is terrified to try it. Versus wow. Batman, everyone's like, I can make a Batman movie, and then they make it. And then it's like, geez, there are like 800 Batman movies, which I love them all, but it's different. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel like since they made The Dark Knight, everybody's like comparing batman movies to that you yep. know and and will forever because those are absolutely outstanding like especially the one with the the joker dude i it is very near perfection like it's fucking so good it's too good it's uh it's amazing the way those three movies tie into each other is amazing but i think the dark knight was probably the best Batman movie that has ever been made and potentially ever will be made. Yeah. It was so fucking good. I feel like I, I wish every single person who takes on the, the role of Batman, that tremendous like burden and responsibility, maybe privilege. I just wish them luck. Cause fuck, that's gotta be hard. I hope they all call uh Christian Bale and they're like, Hey, can you help me? <laughs> Can you help me be Batman? Dude, if I think if the story were 
or cooler or whatever, less CGI, better CGI, whatever, Ben Affleck could have been a sweet Batman. He could have been a good one. Um, I think there was just not enough solo Batman stuff. Like, he was like, yeah, I'll play Batman if, uh, you know, every other Justice League character takes up more screen time than me. That would be sick. Yeah, what was that? And, like, yeah, oh, God, garbage. Such garbage. Those are those are movies I've seen once, maybe, maybe twice, and then never touched again. I watch them every so often. I like God. them. I'm really excited for the new Wonder Woman. That looks pretty fucking cool. I haven't really seen much for it. It's, what is it, Wonder Woman, like, 1928 or something like that? No, it's 1984, I think. 84? Yeah. No way it's the 80s. I'm pretty positive. Uh, might it maybe the 70s? Um, wonder, yeah, 1984. Wow. The trailer was fucking amazing. I don't know that I've seen it. Wait, so what happened to it? It was supposed to come out on June 5th. Uh, COVID happened to it. Oh, the world. The whole world happened. The whole plague on the world that destroyed the movie industry, um, that happened to it. So. And there's no way in hell they're going to release that to home video. No damn. way. Damn. Yeah. It's too big. They are going to push that until they can make their concession money, which might be a silly thing. Like, they might make more money uh, releasing it to, to home. People are going to be scared to go to the movies. What's, what's uh, like, compulsive buying behavior for you? Like, if there was a movie that was supposed to be out in theaters, they released it to, to everyone at home, for what price, what's the highest price you would buy it at? I know it depends on the movie. Yeah, I I'd pay 20 bucks for a movie that's supposed to be in theaters that's not. Like, especially knowing that it's not able to be in theaters, I I feel okay paying more than ticket price. But especially because the average ticket for a movie right now is approximately like 13, 15, 16 bucks. So uh, more than 20 bucks, bam. So it's a, approximately $20 when you go inside and buy a beer or whatever. It's like you're spending a shitload of money anyways. And if you're watching it with your spouse or significant other, right, that's two tickets, right? So you're like 30 bucks in already. Yeah. So yeah. 20 bucks isn't bad. You're not getting the surround sound, big screen, dark room experience, but you know, I'd I'd pay twenty bucks. I think we did. What did we watch? We we watched a movie that was supposed to be in theaters. Uh, that Invisible I Man. Now, no, we saw that in theaters just before all this went down. We went and oh. saw it in theaters. I was gonna say, yeah, that you must have watched that right at the end. We did. It was so World good. Normal. I really liked it. I really liked it too, and that's that's one we paid twenty bucks for. Yeah, ultimately, if things continue this way and the movie industry decides to release everything at home and it's more than 20 bucks, like, I'll I'll probably buy it. Um, depends on the, the movie, the, right? The sh- absolutely, depends on the movie. But the, the shitty part is, is that for the stuff that's, you know, supposed to be in theaters that you're getting at home when you when you pay for it you're not buying it it's a rental yeah. 
So like what if you watch The Invisible Man, you're paying 20 bucks, but you don't own it. You're renting it. And that's to make up that movie money so you don't keep it, which that sucks. But again, you know, it's in my opinion it's kind of worth it especially in these times where these studios are struggling, right? Like yeah. Their entire livelihoods and the livelihoods of, you know, however many hundreds or thousands of people they employ are riding on businesses that aren't open. Right. Like, uh, we'll have you on to make the next Wonder Woman if this one works out. Yeah, it's super rough. Like, it makes me sad. The first thing I think of is, like, Jordan Peele's movies. Oh. Like, the things he was working on. Like, yeah. What's happening with those? I'd pay a lot of money to watch those at home. Me too. They're <laughs> fucking so good. Yeah, they're like they're too good. Where it's like, dude, I I don't want to name a price on air that I know. <laughs> watch those, but I'd wa- I'd pay a lot. Jordan Peele like listening is like that guy in that meme behind the tree <laughs> rubbing his hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's an even better one. I was thinking of the raccoon. Yeah. the guy behind the tree like yeah. just, oh my god oh my god oh man and i think i'm trying to think back of like remakes like things that i would want to be remade that were shitty i don't know is there anything that you can think of that like you'd want remade whether it's good or bad um you know like just this is a hard one for me to say, but I love this is a very hard one for me to say. I'm on the fence about it, but I feel like a remake would be sick. Like Hook, one of my favorite movies of all fucking time. I feel like if they did a really good remake, it could be really fucking sick. But ah, that's a tough one. That might be untouchable, actually. Yeah, that is a really hard one. Uh that's that see that requires some like serious critical thinking what's what would you like to see a remake of i you know what uh i bet there's a lot of like action movies or sci-fi movies that have not aged well that probably like be perfect i was thinking sci-fi movies there's a lot of like sci-fi original movies that had like pretty fun stories that were just executed really badly and it's like yeah you could make that a thing um i think like some of tom cruise's like much older movies like especially since he fucking has an age he could just remake them and be himself in them do you mean like top gun yeah they had like a sequel but like that was the joke is that like there's another top gun movie coming out and he's still the guy yeah it's like jesus come on (laughs) (laughs) like if like if uh matrix might be untouchable um that's tough man yeah it's almost an in the moment thing where it's like when you see it you're like oh yeah that's old and not great and and had a lot of potential that could be really good what about what about the crow untouchable no that you could totally remake that way cool i love that movie but yeah in most people's eyes it's not great so they they could make it awesome. You could make it freaking amazing. And I think uh, 
Who would I want to make that? I almost want like M Night Shyamalan to make that. I feel like that could be. Yeah, he rad. could make it like dark enough, dark and gritty enough. Yeah, I feel like that one is due for a remake. That was like a 1990. Feel like we're. I feel like we're due for some like, uh, like ancient, ancient Greece and ancient Roman shit again, like a gladiator stuff, like. Sp- 300 dude good call one of my favorite movies when i was a child was jason and the argonauts from like Shit like that yeah dude they could make those movies again and like all the monsters in that were like claymation yeah it looked like fucking terrible make rad monsters and crazy ocean scenes and like hey oh you could rip up the movie theaters with those movies um <laughs> People won't be thinking about that for a while, but it's fun to think about now. Um, full disclosure, my charger's in the other room, and I'm at 8%, so I don't want to be cut off here. That's uh, okay. Um, I think we're approximately wrapped up. We've been bullshitting for a little while. <laughs> for, like, most of the podcast. Yeah, whatever. That's what it's for. Um, how can people reach us and stuff? Why don't you tell us? You guys can hit us up on any version of social media you want, except for TikTok. This is not a TikTok podcast. Yeah. We, do that. we have an Instagram. We have a Facebook. We have, uh, what else do we have? A Twitter. We have a Twitter. Do we still do that? Uh, yeah, we do Facebook and Twitter uh, whenever episodes come out. I really suck at Instagram, so I really need to just jump on that. But I, I say that every week, and then I just don't. Um, you know, but you're perfect. You, you do more than listeners, you know, Wait, say that again? You you do so much, you don't have to do anything extra. You're perfect. Um, you can listen to us on, I think, every podcast app. There's one, someone said, like Podbean, whatever. Who listens to podcasts on Podbean? Yeah, that's way uh, different. And you can call us, leave a voicemail, leave a text on 415-488-5031. 415-488-5031. Just find us anywhere by typing Alex and Sterling Watch Stuff or ASWS. That's right. And uh, with that, we'll cheers. Cheers. Good timing. My laptop's saying I'm turning off. <laughs> All right. I'll catch you later, buddy. Hey, see you, man. Good podcasting. Good cast, bruh. (laughs) Bye.